0: My name is Ginska, and this is Pros and Content. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Notch, a digital content intelligence platform. I'm a massive data nerd who's fallen in love with storytelling. And so on the Pros and Content podcast, we will be featuring a series of really incredible leaders who believe in storytelling and who have different perspectives on the importance, measurement, scalability, and optimization of storytelling. Today on the podcast, my guest is Suzanne Kankel who is the CMO of Deloitte US. I think the conversation today will be very interesting for those marketers out there who are thinking a lot about B2B, or maybe they work inside of B2B organizations. Suzanne had an interesting perspective as to the role of content and storytelling in these organizations that have to become remarkable through thought leadership. It was also interesting to hear from her around kind of the tension as well as the marriage between sales and marketing and how she actually ends up managing both. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is my conversation with Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome to Pros & Content. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You are the first leader that we're featuring from the consulting realm. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited to have you on because I know you guys are such big content creators. And this is really an opportunity to talk a bit about the importance of content, how you guys think about the creation, the scalability, the distribution of content, and finally how you think about the success of content um, and how you get all the other stakeholders inside of the organization to buy into it. Um, And so I'd love to first start by getting you to introduce yourself a little bit, just a bit about your background and then uh, I'll ask you a bunch of questions about the content side.
1: Sure, sounds great. So um, thank you for having me. And um, so Suzanne Conkle, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Deloitte in the US. So um, over all four of our businesses, right? So consulting, tax, audit, and um, risk and financial advisory. And um, a little bit about what that remit is, I have all of the traditional marketing, so marketing, communication, External comms, PR, uh, brand, um, um, and then on um, which is a little bit unusual is I have sales as well. Oh, in interesting! That role. Yeah
0: how um, how do you find the the kind of balance between the sales and the brand side to be?
1: Yes, well, it's very new, um, and so it's literally two weeks old. Um, but the, the ironic thing is, is that for 20 years I've been providing clients advice Mm. on marketing Mm -hmm, and sales mm -hmm. effectiveness. So I feel like it's sort of my due that all of the advice (laughs) I was giving and, and making it sound slightly easy. Now I will have to do and execute. So it's a, it's a good challenge. But, um, one of the reasons why we wanted to do it was, um, you know, we really think about marketing and sales as an integrated coverage model and we haven't historically Done that because they've been in different parts of the organization. So it's been harder to think about where you make investments and where you rationalize decisions. And I am a big believer that, you know, marketing strategy follows business strategy. And in that integrated coverage model, I think you can make better decisions and make sure that where you're heavy on sales, you can be lighter on marketing and vice Mm. versa to permission growth.
0: It's funny you say that because um, we've been uh, measuring and advising around content for the past four years and we're just starting to think about our own marketing practice and it's so much harder. It's very humbling when you when you get into the hot seat yes. um, and you think, oh, it's a lot easier to give advice from the outside. So, right, right. Exactly. Um, so a lot of the people that we talked to so far talk about a bit of a tension between performance marketing and content marketing. Um, there's almost like a feeling that, um, especially in the consumer facing realm, um, a kind of a, an instant gratification need for clicks. Right. Um, and a lot of the marketers come from this realm of display and focusing on display and looking at views and clicks as measures of success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's any similar uh, mentality or tension in your realm? And if so, how do you handle it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And and certainly being B2B, we are wired very differently. Um, you know, we we do... You know, I I was laughing when I read some of the questions, right, because I I had never even thought that there was tension in our system around, Mm -hmm. you know, performance um, marketing and content marketing. We certainly track metrics, performance metrics around our content, but in a B2B world, we're very comfortable with sort of multi-touch attribution models. Mm -hmm. So we're actually not looking for the instant gratification Mm -hmm. that, you know, sometimes is inherent in some of the B2C models. So for us, you know, obviously we look at some of the performance metrics to see whether or not it's interesting to see whether we've landed right around kind of where we're placing things to be able to get to the audiences that we want. Um, You know, certainly we track how long people stay on the content just to get a feel for that. But we also know that with content marketing, it's you don't want to make snap decisions about some of those things because, um, uh, you know, things can play out in a longer term. They can... um, you know, we could be a little bit ahead of the cycle in a way that, that we may choose to be mm-hmm. um, because we know that we're going to be following up with additional content that um, that will kind of be, um, dr- you know, drive people in. Um, so we want to foreshadow some things and then follow up with some things. And and so, again, we, we are tracking it and it's obviously an important part of, of figuring out what's working, what's not working, but we're not making snap decisions about that.
0: It's been one of the main themes that we've heard so far, that patience is important when it comes to the creation of stories yeah. and, and kind of seeing their impact. And you're right, there are some performance metrics that you can look at in the short run, but understanding the higher level story that the data tells at the end of a larger right. content cycle is really important as well.
1: Right. right. Um,
0: how do you think about building teams and resources around this larger mission of being a storyteller, a thought leader?
1: Yeah, so... Again, we have an interesting and um you know, I'm a big believer that you know, there are always sort of two sides to the coin, right? So mm-hmm. what you like most about something is inextricably linked with what you like least yeah, about I agree something,
0: with that. right? Yeah, it's a good uh, advice yeah. in
1: general. So the good news about Deloitte is we're great content creators. Um and that is actually distributed throughout the organization. Um so we have no shortage of really amazing content. Mm-hmm. The challenge then becomes if you're sitting in my chair is how do you um prioritize and rationalize and make the really the story rich so it doesn't sound like a lot of clutter in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but it actually you know creates a message that people can understand and and appreciate, and that's particularly challenging for us because we have such you know in the analog of a typical um corporation right we have a very complex product set Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. we're that's really our challenge with content is to make sure it's laddering up and we're um cohesive in the marketplace and coherent about what it is we have to say and people can find yeah the bit part that they're very Mm -hmm. interested in but they understand how that plays out in some of the larger stories we're trying to tell about the firm
0: that makes a lot of sense so it sounds like content creation to some extent is decentralized, right? It kind of happens at the level of the product team. And then, you know, as as we know, because we work together on this, it also happens at the level of the corporate team. Right. Um, how is is there a feeling that maybe you're producing too much content? Um, how do you even kind of determine that?
1: Yeah. So we've um, we've implemented a lot of different ways. So, you know, first of all, we do try to to control the distribution channels. So that's, you know, one mechanism that right. we have, obviously. Um, and so and, even and if the, way, the content's that, created. Is that
0: because you want to have control over the context as well? Is it because yes, you yeah. recognize that the context is as important as the message? Right, right. Yes. So absolutely
1: context and relevance. We also, when you have, um, you know, again, the added complexity is we're a partnership, right? Which means that we have many, many bosses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so if you're looking at it through the... The lens of an individual person or partner in the marketplace, the view can be very different than when you're looking at it from what the, you know, the, the firm in totality, the story that we're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's the role that we're playing. And there is tension around that, right? And we have a variety of different ways with respect to prioritizing the stories we want to tell. Um, and how we'll then slot in content in that. And again, we then control the distribution um, channels, if you will. And then last but not least, we're always, you know, trying to land the relevance piece. So, you know, when will be people be interested in this, and when will they be able to hear it, given mm. all of the messages in the marketplace?
0: That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. How do you think about the distribution channels then? Um, how do you think about selecting them, who the right partners might be?
1: Um, Yeah. You know, one of the things I joke about is we live in a and world, not an or world. So we are. um, And in that it's all about mix. It's not about and and at least the way I think about it, it's not do this channel Or that channel, channel. it's we're going to do and channels. And in that world, then we need to figure out how much of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really do, um, you know, there are channels that we own, um, you know, our websites, our outreach, our inbound, all that sort of thing. Um, They're also, um, you know, for example, we are big on the topic of future work. And we actually have an app that we've created that distributes content on Mm -hmm. that topic because Mm -hmm. we have a lot of brand permission on that. And we're saying some pretty interesting things. So that allows us to not only distribute that content, but also interact with clients and have them shape some of the content, et cetera, et cetera. Here at um, CAN, we're um, we're launching a Deloitte Insights app with the Dow Jones. So that's, again, another, um, you know, we do a lot of things with partners when they have reach and distribution and a platform that we believe provides us access in ways um, that is very accretive to, you know, who we are and what we're saying. Um, we love to do that as well. Um, so really, you know, just a lot of different, different distribution channels. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's obviously going out to people who might or might not know a lot about the Deloitte brand. Maybe they know about it, but maybe they don't know enough about the context of it. How do you think about the content that's performing well and maybe using that as a way to empower the sales team? Have you thought about it? I mean, I know it's only two weeks, but I'm assuming that <laughs> that that there's some type of thinking around how do we best empower the sales team with content as well, and maybe take some of the learnings from the upper funnel content, and and use them in the lower funnel.
1: Yeah, we do it through any number of ways. So um, so while I've been. Uh, in the role in Deloitte for two weeks. I, prior to that, was the CMO for Deloitte Consulting in the U.S. And so one of the things we did there was we really aggregated um, some of, again, the performance measurements that we had around the content that had been in the market um, across any of our channels. And we aggregated that information and gave it to our, um, you know, account executives, to use vernacular, that the market understands as they were doing their account planning process, right? And so that gives them a little bit more visibility into, um, we gave them two things. We both gave them information about how, um, what content people were requesting and what people, Mm. what um, content seemed to be performing well. Right. We also gave them a broader viewpoint with respect to um, the vertical that those clients were sitting in um, and some of the like characteristics with other clients. So they could say, is it that your client isn't interested in these topics, or is it that they don't know that we we have information right, on these yeah, topics? Yeah. Um, so again, for us, that was a big deal because it I aggregated it across channels, um, but it also gave um, you know what part of the trick that I think w- in B two B marketing for sure is to give people information at a time where they can use it, and you know I always say if you if you give people somebody if you give people information and they don't do anything differently then you know, it was a waste of your time, it was a waste of their time. So mm-hmm. for us, the other big piece of that was providing at a time when they're actually taking a look at growth and how to permission that growth and, and using those tools as a way to do that.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're essentially trying to create a value exchange, right? Right, absolutely. And that doesn't happen unless you're right message, right time, right Right, context. exactly, exactly. We'll be right back to pros and content after this brief message. The Pros and Content Podcast is brought to you by Notch, the content intelligence platform for brands. For a demo and to learn how to best plan, measure, optimize, and benchmark your content marketing strategy, visit us at Notch.com. K-N-O-T-C-H dot Notch. It's all you'll ever need. Um, do you think about your budget as, uh, as a mixture, is it a 50-50, a 60-40 between, let's say, display advertising and content or um, TV uh, and digital content? I'm just curious if you have any high-level guidelines or how how do those decisions get made?
1: Well, we're always, um, you know, we have some tried and true um, things that are true. We do um, very little advertising per se. Um, That has always historically been the case. Over the last probably five to seven years, we've done slightly more. Um, I don't see that changing dramatically Mm -hmm. in the future. Um, We tend to do a lot on, um, you know, digital, social Mm -hmm. um, channels. We do a lot of in-person events. Mm -hmm. um, But all of those are really content rich. Again, Mm -hmm. my belief is that in a B2B environment where you have a very complicated sale, On um, with complicated product set, content is absolutely and also a lot of stakeholders you have to convince at the same time. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes
0: a lot of sense. Yeah. So, how's your team architected to to be an amazing storytelling team?
1: Yeah. Well, again, we draft a lot on the business to to um, have kind of the core content, and then Mm -hmm. there are people on my team that are the master storytellers that kind of can bring that in. Um, we do have. We're really blessed because we have an in-house agency um, that helps us a lot with that. We also have our agency of record is Deloitte Digital, um, oh, and cool. which includes right. Heat, right? Yeah. So a lot of our uh, client-facing agencies are able to help us very significantly, and then we obviously use um, uh, some preferred partners as well externally. Um, so I have no shortage of people that that can help. But I, you know, I would I would argue that we're all. Always trying to up our game with respect to storytelling in big and in big and small ways, right so that makes I think sense. I think you can never say like, "Check that box, I'm done
0: yeah, no well, of course, especially as more and more brands are becoming storytellers, I think the right. stories have to get a lot better for you to get noticed, right absolutely so the final question, because it, it sounds like you figured a lot of this out and so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to make sure that We also share some of the challenges that that you see and and, uh, some of the ways that you're trying to work through them. If you have those ways, maybe you're just at the stage of thinking about the challenge. But I think the folks listening to this who are creating content every day in large organizations, they often wonder from their perspective, you know, how do I convince senior stakeholders of the value of content? Or maybe they have something that really works. How do I scale it? Um, or maybe they're running the blog and they wonder, you know, who owns it? Is it IT or is it me? There's all these different questions that happen internally inside of an org. And so I'm just curious, what are some of your challenges and how have yeah. you thought about addressing them?
1: Yeah, our our biggest challenge always will be um, to prioritize and ladder the messages within the stories in a way that helps the market mm. understand and, you know, one of the things that I always marvel at is if you've seen Hamilton mm-hmm. and you think about the music and how, you know, a lot of the chords and a lot of, you know, vignettes from the songs are used throughout the piece. Mm-hmm. So that even though there are very distinct songs, the whole, you know, the experience across is all of those 15, mm-hmm. right, and they play with each other and they mm-hmm. add and they you know, kind of tease each other along and they extend and it makes it such a more, you know, it makes those 13 songs or those 15 songs so amazing collectively. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really our challenge on an ongoing basis. Again, we have no shortage of content, but really making sure that we're um, coherent and cohesive from beginning to end, that we're, um, you know, kind of ad-libbing in a good way across those pieces of content and that we it actually makes sense together and paints a picture of not only what we do, but why we do it and how we do it in a very differentiated way. That's, that's what will always be our ongoing kind of challenge in the content space.
0: That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's not a unique challenge. I think when you run such a big organization where content creation is decentralized, right, right, reining it in uh, without taking ownership away from the individual exactly. teams is, is tough.
1: Yeah, that is perfectly said.
0: Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Really appreciate your thoughts on this. Thank you for sharing the challenge. Um, yeah. And yeah, hope to talk again soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure. So that was my conversation with Suzanne. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I think what's really interesting about Deloitte is that they've really made a commitment to content across both partners that they work with and across their owned and operated and they think a lot about how to best unify the content strategy across the board to drive the value exchange that's needed to really push their customers through the customer journey. Um, It's interesting to hear the perspective of someone who doesn't have an instantaneous sales cycle but has a really long considered purchase across a number of stakeholders. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and for any feedback that you have, please email me at anda at prosandcontent.co. I would love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to nominate other speakers for us to feature. And if you want to hear more amazing content about the pros and cons of making content or being a better storyteller in today's world, please head to prosandcontent.co for more episodes. The best thing you could do for us is to rate, review and share the series so we can grow the community and the much needed conversation around the purpose and importance of brand storytelling. See you next time on Pros and Content.